Welcome to the Chat With Your Kids podcast. I'm Marcy. And I'm Alex. And we're here to help you tackle the biggest topics through little chats with the kids in your life. Welcome to this week's episode of Chat With Your Kids. Chat with your kids about their interests. Yeah, so we often approach Chat With Your Kids um, from the perspective of needing to chat about the big topics in life, which is definitely still our main focus and something that's really important to us. Um, but we wanted today to kind of take a step back and focus on just the relationship aspect, I think, because it's so important to having, being able to have the big chats, but also just to have a happy life, to be yeah. like close and connected. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a friendly reminder, like as you're listening along to the podcasts, you know, we typically, yeah, we talk about maybe more big topics, um, but like friendly reminder, like so many of your interactions with your kids are just like mundane and silly and, you know, it, I, I want to say like inconsequential, but they are very consequential. Like the, the little things really matter. And especially being interested in what they are interested in matters a lot (laughs) and it's going to change over their life lifetime. But that is, yeah, just a huge piece of it. It kind of makes me like bring, kind of brings me back to like the chat with your kids model, which is connect, listen, chat. So like connect is really like having important conversation has to like happen in the context of a trusting relationship and listen we let you know we like let our kids lead and we let their interests and questions kind of lead these conversations and then chat that hopping up talking about these important topics should be through like small frequent conversations and not just like one big talk and so I think this is like such a crucial part of that model especially the connect piece of like you've got to show them you care about the things they care about because I think all of these big topics, like kids really do care about it and they they want someone to talk about it. But also it's not like, like a lot of these topics aren't what they're thinking about all the time. <laughs> like they're thinking about their kid things, you know? Yeah. I find that with, I mean, our kids are still young, but with our oldest, sometimes I'll really want to like it happened at dinner kind of tonight like really want to I don't know like talk about an issue or something or like I want to build him up somehow that's kind of what's going on but he was just like eating dinner and playing with his brother like that's kind of what he wanted to do and Mm -hmm. I had to let go of having that teaching moment in that moment because he just wasn't Mm -hmm. it just naturally like wasn't in that moment that he needed that yeah and I think like because like so much we talk about like in conversation starters of like you can turn any interaction into like a chat with your kids moment where you can talk about an important topic. And I, but I also think it's like, you don't have to, like you don't like not, not every interaction. Like I think it's so good to have the tools and to see that you can do that. And like, right. You have a million and 10 interactions with your kids every day. So like, please have an interaction every day where you like teach a small principle or, you know, and I think that's like part of like, again, like the chat aspect of like, right. These big topics could be tackled in tiny little 
morsels, <laughs> like just like one little interaction and then you're moving on. And so I think it's also like not everything has to be like a big teaching moment is what I'm hearing. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes just like let things play out and it actually is still a teaching moment, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. connecting is teaching. Well, and this is really your bread and butter, Marcy. This is something I know that definitely, I mean, within our family for sure, but also professionally, you kind of specialize in the quality of the relationship and the people that you work with, helping, especially when you do like parent trainings. Yeah. It's a strong emphasis of the work you do. Yeah. No, I think that that is a big, a big part of it. And um, like we call like, pairing but like so I supervise um right now the therapists who work directly with my clients and I always just talk about like that first session (laughs) like don't you dare do anything but just let you know this child bring you into their world and play and be silly together and learn about their interest and let them learn a little bit about you and find out what they like like it is just so valuable. And like, sometimes I tell families, I'm like, if it looks like there's not a lot of work going on, that's because there really isn't, (laughs) but there is like, it's so important. And like, I, yeah, like I've worked with some therapists who maybe just didn't want to like put in that effort or they're like, Oh, I'm good. You know? And they want to like, just get right to it. And like, we always have to backtrack and say, okay, we missed a really important step, that pairing. And so, yeah, yeah no, I like, first I was like, where are you going with this? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> you're just swimming in it. It's so familiar to me that you forget sometimes. <laughs> so we have some, uh, some reflection questions to get us started. Um, just two today. The first one is what are your child's interests? And this could maybe uh, help you reflect on things that they've already um, that you, they've already shared with you. It might inspire a desire to know more about what their current interests are. Maybe they've grown up a little bit in the past six months, and you just want to catch up on what it is that they're really interested in. Maybe they're really little, and finding out their interests is more through observation than talking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that's what. Yeah. And I think it's a good one to reflect on because even like, as I was doing this myself, like our oldest, so a long time ago, we went to like Kennedy Space Center, which is like, side story, this is so funny. But when I was like 11 or 12, (laughs) my family was in Florida and we were like going to go on a cruise. And we were like kids, so we didn't really know that Disney World was in Florida. And my parents took us to like Kennedy Space Center. And then we're like, cool, yeah, sounds great. And then like on the way there, my sister like saw the Disney World sign and was like, what the heck? <laughs> Anyways, super funny because like our whole like lives, we always like tease my family about that. Like, why did you take us to the Kennedy Space Center when we were like minutes from Disney World? Just imagine how different your lives could have turned out. If no, I know, right? <laughs> but then like me and Alex did the same thing to our kids. Like we, yeah, we lived in Florida for years. We we did eventually go to Disney World. Um, But like, no, we totally went to Kennedy Space Center first. <laughs> they like had no idea that Disney World even existed at this point. Anyways, kind of funny, like 
I just like a full circle the moment. family legacy I, yeah, and they'll do that with their kids yeah, and so, so like no Disney World in our family <laughs> only Kennedy Space Center but we took our um actually it was just Everett it was right before Calvin was born I was like very pregnant and he loved it and he was like way into space and rocket ships yeah we learned everything about different yeah. kinds of rock like he knew what the atlas five rocket was and everything about the apollo missions and yeah. all sorts of like it was it was a, a big, big thing it was a big thing but like sometimes i mean i do this a lot like i'm just still like oh yeah like everett loves rocket ships but like honestly no like he doesn't hate him but like it's just like he's really moved on like yeah. he's just not my little rocket baby and like a little bit of me is like mourning that even just saying this i'm like no like you have to love rocket ships forever that was like such a like a big part of our family culture for such a long time and i'm like no like his interests have changed and i like i don't know anyways i just i don't know i just went went there but what i did <laughs> but, yeah. so maybe you're like holding on to like one of your child's old interests like mm-hmm. oh like he's the soccer guy and it's like oh wait a minute it's actually like more into music or whatever feel like if you do have like an under four-year-old like there's a good chance like the interests are in like one of five categories <laughs> dinosaurs rocket ships <laughs> vehicles yeah they're vehicles i don't know all the things animals yeah <laughs> and then our second question is so this is a, this is a good question i think um how do your how does your kid or your children prefer communication to happen so there's some nuance here i brought this up before there's a there's this a therapist, um, Peter Fonagy, and he's anyway very famous in some circles, but um uh, I really like him. But one of the things I like that he said once is that he's you know, he's studied human development his whole life. He's done therapy himself, he's given therapy to a lot of people, and he's spent his whole life like studying and paying attention to like emotions and how people respond to different communication styles or whatever. And he said, like, even as as a parent, even after all that, like, specialized training and study and thought about this, um, he said he thinks he gets it right maybe half the time with his kids, which is really encouraging to me that, like, the the point of, like, understanding our kids and their needs and, in this case, how they prefer communication isn't that we always perfectly know what it is they prefer. It's just that we kind of have an idea that, like, I noticed that when I talk this way with my kid, they shut down or they get frustrated or the conversation stops or they are uninterested or when I approach it this time or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, versus like these other times, it seems more often they're willing to open up and they feel more comfortable and Mm -hmm. we connect and things like that. So it's just like a, an educated guess sometimes, unless they can explicitly tell you when they're older. I think like talking about conversation starters, I feel like that could be a good one, you know, like for a certain age of like, how, like, what are the moments where you feel closest to me or have like, have I ever done something or said something that you felt like seen or heard? And like, what was that like? And, you know, like, I really want to understand like, what's the best way. I think sometimes when you ask kids like, oh, like, yeah like what's the best way to talk to you or reach you they might just like brush it off so maybe even asking for like a specific like was there ever a time where you felt 
really close to me and like what do you think it was about that or maybe you could even go first and like model for them like you know the other night when we were cleaning up and you helped pick up and we were teasing or whatever like I like I felt really close to you that was that was nice I really like when you help me out and we get a tease together is there is there something like that that, that you you know I don't know so I feel like that could be a good conversation starter and even for littler kids, I think that maybe you can still find a way to ask that. I've had our older son tell me ways that he doesn't like that I communicate with yeah. him. <laughs> um, and I just try to remember those and mm-hmm. talk, I just tell him like, okay, well, I'll try not to do that again. Mm-hmm. And even with like our younger son, I feel like maybe he doesn't always say like, oh, wow, I feel very close to you right now. But like you can read those like cues right like you can read body language and yeah there's he, he yeah. communicates it it's yeah. not with me all the time yeah <laughs> yeah i was just thinking of how our oldest son wrote the word mad the other day oh yeah no <laughs> it's hilarious i'm not even sure what he was mad about but what was really cool about it it was exciting for us is that he just sounded out the word and wrote the letters himself and he drew a little mad face next to it. It was really cute. He like gave it to us and we're like, well, this is a surprise. Like, we didn't know you knew how to write. Yeah. We didn't know you knew phonics, but <laughs> like, how did you write it? And he goes, I went, mm, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, he was smiling when he gave it to us though. So I don't know. I'm not yeah. even sure. <laughs> it was actually text. It was. It happened. We're not sure why. But, but kids communicate in all sorts of ways. Yeah, <laughs> those are kind of our reflection questions, and I and maybe it kind of took you in other places, depending on, yeah, even just your relationship with your kid, and even just their growth and development, and and where they're at. So we want to just talk a little bit more about like just giving some examples of what it might look like to chat with your kids, you know, about their interests and just a little more like information or just even confidence (laughs) to like, let you know, you can do this. I think like, and I'm even, it's so weird. Our kids are not even that old. And sometimes I'm starting to see that like on our drive to like childcare, I love to do like positive affirmations with them and already our oldest, like the youngest is still pretty much on board until he decides he wants to like pair the oldest. But our oldest is already kind of starting like, oh, mom, not this again. Like, oh, like, and he's four. Like four hundred fourteen. <laughs> like, I don't know, I'm cool. I'm relevant. <laughs> These are good. These are good for you, right? Like, I'm already starting to feel that. So I can only imagine like how much more even an seven, eight, nine. And of course, yeah, 13, 14, 15 year old that you're like, you know, you might feel like, like, how do I even show that I'm interested in their interests? Like, will it even feel genuine to them? I don't want to come off as like the mean girl's mom, right? Like I'm a cool mom, right? Like you don't want to be that person. And and I think you can do this in a way that really is authentic. Like, and I, and I think part of it is like you you kind of have to ju- choose like I do want to be curious about the things my kids like like I don't have to I don't have to like them myself but 
I can genuinely be curious. Yeah, I think it's that genuineness that really is important. Um, like, I think we've all had an interaction with somebody that has come across as like fake or they're they're trying to like they're fronting somehow, you mm-hmm. know. And it's pretty clear, like it it can be pretty obvious when that happens, like something's off here, you know, like, I don't really know what it is, but I can't get a read on this person. Like they're, they, you know, they seem nice or whatever, but something else is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, kids actually are really good at that. They're mm-hmm. pretty, pretty intuitive, pretty emotionally perceptive. And they'll, I mean, they will just reject it if it's not genuine. I actually learned I used to be terrified of working with teenagers It really like, and then I just, there's like a series of like six years where I worked with teenagers in different capacities and kind of like, Face your fear. it was like exposing therapy <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of, love it. yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, teens are cool. One of the things that, uh, one of the settings that I worked with teens in is uh was a residential um therapeutic boarding school for adolescent boys and i learned that like i knew that going into it that like being genuine is the thing that mattered but some days you're tired some days like you kind of don't want to you know like at that place in particular the kids are away from their homes like they're in a new place they're in they're sharing like a little apartment thing with like bunk beds and separate rooms but it's still like 13 12 or 13 boys in like one like large Mm -hmm. apartment or whatever there's like tensions there and you know they don't want to be there for a number of reasons but anyway um so like in the morning like I worked in the mornings they're like grumpy they like swear at you and you know they're like they just clearly don't want to be there right and um it was hard like I felt guarded a lot in the like when I was stressed and tired and then like had mornings like that where like they weren't in a good mood either I felt like really guarded and I know there were times that I came across as like not genuine um and it makes it hard to connect um like when we're just not being ourselves um even if like and I noticed that the times that I was just like more myself like they could just pick up things pick up on things about me and like my personality and things I'm interested in, like they tease and have fun. And, but you, you can also like have more serious conversations and get to know them. Um, anyway, the whole point of that is like to emphasize what you just said about genuineness, just be yourself. And, um, when I worked at this place, we often use this book. It's, it's like a, I think it's meant for like businesses and leadership, but it's called the anatomy of peace, resolving the heart of conflict It's by the Arbing- Arbinger Institute. Anyway, it's a great book. It's written in a narrative style, like fictional, and I'm not selling the book or anything, but it's just, <laughs> just to give you some context for what it is. Um, and I like the narrative style because it's really accessible, but it talks about how we can avoid having like conflict with the people in our lives and uses the example of like some family relationships in it. And anyway, we're not really talking about conflict today. We're talking Mm -hmm. about building a relationship, but in the book, they kind of illustrate how you would go about minute, like reducing conflict in your life and being able to connect more with people, which I 
is why I think it's relevant. And they, they talk about how, like you can depict it, uh, how to build a relationship with somebody and have influence in their life, which is kind of what we want as parents, right? To like be influential in our kids' lives for, for the better. So to have influence in kids' lives, you can kind of conceptualize it as like a triangle or a pyramid with like layers and the larger layers, like the ones towards the bottom are more important, meaning that we should spend more time on them and the, the layers that are smaller and up towards the top. Um, we don't need to spend as much time on, especially for doing the other things. And there's some things in there that maybe don't pertain to like our conversation today, but one of the lower layers of the pyramid is um, like building the relationship, right? Like, just spending time like doing the things we're talking about today. Um, and sometimes like towards above that are like listen and learn. So like building the relationship is more foundational, but with that, you can like listen and learn more about our kids, teach and communicate when necessary, and then correct when things are like really not going well and you need to like step in and intervene with the, you know, more seriously and like do some correcting. But in the book, what I really like is they talk about how sometimes in life, just when we're busy or like when we're tired or stressed or whatever, that pyramid can flip upside down where we we just end up spending more times in like in the corrective mode or like the controlling like, hey, do this, do that, be here at this time, like pick up your room, whatever. It's really easy. It's natural for us, I think, to all to like end up in that or to really focus on like progressing or doing well or whatever. I'm always going to be teaching you a very valuable life lesson. Yeah. And um, I think that's kind of like another way to like talk about how what we're talking about today is like we can when when we find ourselves in those situations where we feel this kind of like pressure to like do well or be good as a parent or if you're in a moment where you're feeling like all day you've just been correcting your kids, which I've had plenty of those days. <laughs> um, uh, it's just important to take a step back, take a deep breath and say, okay, not everything is going the way that I want it to. Can I end this day or maybe start again tomorrow? Just focusing a little bit more on connecting with my kids, building their relationship, spending time with them in ways that they enjoy that they want to do. And um, and do that for a bit. And it doesn't have to be like you devote an entire day to that necessarily. It could just be like 5, 10, 15 minutes, an hour if you have that, you know, ability. Mm-hmm. But it's just important to like dedicate some of that time. If you can, just a little micro dose of it like every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And so kind of like some examples or like little yeah, like vignettes, like what this could look like is even like just, yeah, that like being genuine, right? It can be as simple as like, you know what? I probably, I've never played like Magic the Gathering and I probably never would except I love you. And I, if you're into this, then there's gotta be something to it. Would you, can I play with you? Like, would you teach me how to play, right? Like, you're not like faking like, oh, wow, I suddenly am interested in the same thing that you're interested in, even though I'm 45 years old and you're 13. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to have the same interests, right? But like just saying, hey, because you care about this, I would really like to, I'd like to know a little bit about it. Teach me, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. 
Yeah. Or like, even like, you know, if there is a big thing, right? Like maybe whatever it is, like maybe your kid has been like, you were helping coach them like on like a difficult friendship situation at school, or there was like a big test and you're prepping all week, right? Like, of course you're dying to like talk about the big important thing the minute you pick them up from school, right? But maybe it's saying, okay, like, I'm going to put a little space in that and maybe even let them bring it up or, you know, like not just bombard them with like the big important thing. Right. So maybe it's like, Hey, do you want to like, here's my phone. Do you want to choose the music or like, I don't know, whatever, you know, like just the little silly mundane or like, you know, like you don't have to go straight for the, the big thing. Right. And then chances are they might bring it up or, or maybe they don't. And you can still like ask about it later, (laughs) um, start a conversation, but it doesn't always have to be like the first thing out of your mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, just another example too, is that I hear this from my clients who are young adults or like, you know, but, um, I've also heard it from teenagers and I've seen it with already with our older son, I'll give an example from that in a minute, but that there's also a desire for like some reciprocity or like mutual sharing. So like parents, we don't have to like, I think sometimes we spend a lot of time like being concerned about our kids and really wanting to know what they're going through. And we focus on them a lot. And, and sometimes like kids also want to know about what's going on in our lives and it doesn't have to be the same in the same kind of way. Like, as we would hope our kids would share. But I think it's important in any relationship, but it seems really important with parents and children too, that we don't just demand a lot of sharing, but that we share at least something from ourselves as well. And I guess the reason I've seen this with our older son, we were playing a game. uh, We were waiting in the car for something and he was kind of, fidgety and we had to wait for we didn't know how long so I was like you want to play a game and he's like okay yeah you're pretend you're driving me to school (laughs) and and you're gonna drop me off at school okay and I was like all right and so we did that and then we pretended that I picked him up and when he like (laughs) pretend got back in the car he was like how was your dissertation dad (laughs) (laughs) and like I don't talk like I talk up somewhat about the process but the fact that he like cued into that and just in a random like play setting thought to ask even though it was just for play like about this huge project that (laughs) I'm working on yeah (laughs) um just showed me like how important it is for him to also know like the things in our lives and we've talked quite a bit about like we shouldn't use our kids as emotional support in the kind of way that we would rely on a definitely not a partner or friends or anything like that but we can share our feelings about things um with especially when we have like a secure base of social support we can confidently share with our kids knowing that we don't need them to solve our problems for us yeah and like you can still have them be a part of your life and it's like modeling that like yeah like reciprocal aspect to relationships and empathy and like, I don't know. I think, I don't know if you've ever had like a, a friendship that felt almost like one way 
But like, I feel like, you know, either way, like if you're the only person giving or you like, you know what I mean? Or you're the only one like receiving, like I have had a friend who I felt like I like one day, like stepped back and I was like, I like, don't know anything about you. Mm. And I like realized that I had been trying and it did it. Like, I feel like if I had to describe it, it feels kind of lonely, Yeah, you know? And so I think, yeah, like we don't want our kids to feel like lonely in their relationship with us as parents. And like, of course, a parent child relationship is a little bit different than like me and my girlfriend, but like, it's still, you know what I mean? Like, I think the principle transfers well, right? Yeah, totally. And even as you're talking, I was thinking about like how like my dad in that, like sharing his interests with me, like was a big part of our relationship. Like me and my dad, he's a big skier. And that like, I think one of the reasons I love the sport today is because my dad loved it and he shared it with me. And then, you know, it was kind of, it was just most of the time when we went up to go skiing, it was about skiing, but like, but there's layers to it, right? Like when you're connecting, there's so much more like that was a huge foundation of our relationship sometimes it's just about being together though like it doesn't yeah i think maybe something that we really prioritize in chat with your kids is talking and verbal communication but there is so much that's unsaid there's something too about just being with people that seems to matter as well mm-hmm. like um i don't know if you're studying like you don't have to you probably shouldn't be like if you have to study something on your own and someone else's too, then you're studying different things. It met like it still feels good to be in the same room together. Like that seems better than like being alone. Not all the time, but you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. just something about like the presence of another person, especially when you care about each other yeah. or have a good relationship. Like that's bonding, right? Like, that's, yeah. yeah, I like that. Well, and I think it kind of goes back to that, like, how does your child communicate? Like there's so many different ways to communicate, like verbal, like sitting down, having a conversation or a chat, right? Like is one. Silence is communication. It's not yeah. always bad. It can be. Powerful. Like that yeah. we can just sit here comfortably mm-hmm. in silence and on a ski lift <laughs> or, you know, wherever. And just know that like being together is enough right now. And like, I feel safe and, and that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then like also like I love that because I think, yeah, like when I'm thinking about me and my dad, that was like so many of our interaction skiing was just like doing the thing, having fun together. But then also like sprinkled some the chat with your kids. Like I remember one time on the lift, my dad was like, Do you smell that? I was like, Yeah. He's like, That's marijuana. <laughs> we had like a little conversation about it. And I was like forever grateful that he help me recognize that smell at like a young age, right? Like so there you go. You've never forgotten. We will wrap it up with some conversation starters. And we really want to emphasize like listening to your kid with this because obviously their interests are going to be everywhere, right? Like when they're like, hey mom, there's this band coming to town that I like I really want to go to the show is that okay like that's an interest right you can be like oh tell me about this band why do you like their music um if you could choose any musician 
that came to town, like who would you want it to be? Right. Like, um, their, their kids are pretty good at just their interests are going to come up <laughs> as you spend time around them. You overhear them and their friends. So like, listen and be curious and, and you can ask some questions and show some understanding. Yeah. But if you want some kind of specific ideas for questions to ask, we have a short list of questions here to get the juices flowing, I guess. Um, the first one is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And why would you choose it? This is maybe a little cliche, but it's just a fun way to see maybe like, I don't know, like what your kid finds exciting or interesting could all like, this isn't the point of asking the question, but it could reveal something deeper. Like I wish I could be invisible so no one could see me anymore and be like, Oh, okay. It's like a real childhood kid's moment. <laughs> um, but it could be, I could envision our youngest son saying this. I want to be invisible so I can do sneaky. Things. <laughs> yeah. Like it could be just like a really silly, fun conversation to have. Yeah. Another one is, if you were going to write a book or like if you wrote a book, what would it be about? Um, again, that's just like going to reveal some of their interests or even some of the things they maybe feel like they're really good at or an expert on. And that's, it's so fun. And like, it's really fun for kids when they feel like they get to be the expert with a grown up or like they get to teach you something. And, um, Again, it can be so silly, like whatever, all the My Little Ponies. I don't even know if that's like a thing anymore, but like I know all the names of them or whatever. And oh, wow, that's so cool. You know them all. Like you can let them feel that confidence. And it's just like a fun way to bond when they are the expert. You let them, you let them be the expert because just kind of in life, kids, the parents typically, the expert, right? It's like the, so it's fun to to flip the switch a fun variation on that one is um my my good friend <laughs> likes to ask questions like this but uh one is that we always like when we're passionate about something he'll just say like okay like if you're going to write a book about this what would the title be oh, yeah um or more maybe relevant to this is um like if you were to write a book about your life what would the title be mm. that one's kind of a fun one gets people thinking yeah yeah and these are these are fun questions just like around the dinner table out and about like just just fun things to talk about um you know like asking them like oh if you won a hundred dollars or you know like what would you do with right now or if tomorrow we woke up and you got to like plan your perfect day what would it look like who would you spend it with like just little things that like cue you in and and let you kind of run wild with their imagination and just like learn about the things that they really care about and that they're passionate about which is fun and it and it really matters that, that like you show them hey I care about this thing too like you care about it I care about it and that means a lot and then, yeah, just follow up always with why, I guess. It's kind of like classic. Yeah. <laughs> why is a great question. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So hopefully that 
can just inspire you. This episode is a little more casual. It might feel less high stakes, but I would argue that it is still very high stakes to chat, you know, chat with your kids about the things that they're interested in, the things that they love. I mean, changing the oil in your car is pretty low stakes until it, your engine so it's seizes. Not, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and it really does set like such a good foundation. And even like just like talking about something that they're comfortable talking about and going through that motion with you can help them feel like more comfortable with that when you have to talk about like yeah a more difficult topic. Yeah. So get your oil changed. Get your oil changed. We need to get our oil changed. So that's a good reminder. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Chat With Your Kids. We are so happy that you are listening and joining and interacting with the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. We love hearing when um, people want to share with the people in their life and that it's starting conversations that are productive and helpful. And yeah, we just, we love that you're getting something from the podcast. We certainly are. And Um, please keep sharing it. So until next time, keep chatting with your kids.